0: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now, when I was in college in the late 80s, early 90s, I had the experience, perhaps many of you did, whether your college time was in the 80s or the 70s or who knows when, that when we faithfully went to Sunday Mass, Mass was crazy time. I stuck to it. I went every Sunday, no matter what, and certainly at first started out going to campus ministry. It was difficult. The priest who was there left the priesthood after a short while, and the chaplain in charge was a, a, lovely, uh, a lovely woman, um, very dedicated to the sacred liturgy. So dedicated, in fact, that she dressed as a deacon and read the gospel. Preached the homily, and even did parts of the Eucharistic prayer, but selectively, not the words of consecration. I lasted a few months at campus ministry, but I I have to admit, I was so weak, I couldn't endure what was going on. So I went to the local parish, and local parish was fine. Um, In fact, maybe bland, perhaps, but still, uh, I could attend Mass, I could pray, uh, I could catch up with my classmates and and yeah. dorm mates at the, at, the, you know, at the dining hall afterwards for dinner. I even started teaching CCD at that parish, St. Thomas the Apostle on 55th Street. Teaching CCD to inner city Chicago kids is nothing boring at all. Um, going on retreat with them with one of their parish priests was the opposite of boring. It was the first time, and hopefully the last time, that I ever see a priest attempt to offer mass with graham crackers and high seed. I was so paralyzed, I was, literally, I was, I was quaking, and yet I was frozen to say anything, to get up and leave, to, to do anything but just shrivel inside. And is it to anyone's shock that then I discovered St. John Cantius and the traditional Latin Mass uh, in downtown Chicago? Fortunately, when our young people are going to college these days, those experiences probably are matters of far distant history. We have beautiful, beautiful chapels, beautiful chaplains. We have Father Tom Yale at Marymount doing his best. We've got Father Servi at George Mason. We have Father Nasetta at James Madison University who taught me my confirmation class before he even entered the seminary. We're trying to raise money for Father Nassata to buy a beautiful set of stations for the chapel of James Madison. Father Charland, another very good friend of mine, is the chaplain at Virginia Tech. Lest we forget the phenomenal Dominicans in Charlottesville at the University of Virginia. We really, were in a blessed time when we can send our children off to college and know that they're probably well taken care of. This is their first weekend at college, maybe their second weekend at college. Hopefully they're not only attending mass, hopefully they're getting involved in the good things that those good chaplains uh, have prepared for them. I mention all of this because one of the stories that kept me going and encouraged me during my difficult years of college was about uh, some fella at some college campus who found himself at a Sunday mass on the college chapel where the creed wasn't a prayer that everyone said all together, but it was an opportunity for everyone who wanted to, to stand up one by one and to say what they believed in. So this young fella, obviously a good soul and also quick on his feet, waited until it was his turn, and he stood up, and he said, I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. I believe in in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God, from true God, begotten, not made, one in being with the Father. Through him, all things were made, and he went on and on through the entire Nicene Creed in that very jovial, conversational tone of voice. Needless to say, audience participation creed ended that Sunday. If he had been asked, who do you say that I am by our Lord? He would have an answer. If a friend or a colleague, neighbor, would ask him, who is Jesus? Tell me about Jesus. He would be able to explain, not just because he had memorized the words of the creed, but what does it even indicate? That this soul has engraved on his heart the words of the creed. It means this is something He has pondered, this is something he loves. For us, it's it's difficult, admittedly. I was reading the old translation of the creed, because this happened in the late 80s. Those of us who had that creed memorized, I think, have an impossible task of memorizing the new creed. Even when we're all together, maybe you're better than I am. I still need the book to be able to read through the creed and not revert back to the old words. For some reason, the Gloria is, is fine. Um, maybe because we sing it. I don't know. Maybe that's a hint for what we should do. I don't know. Even when I'm on vacation with my brother and sister-in-law and my niece and nephew, we all have to read it out of a book. Fortunately, the Apostles' Creed hasn't changed, so that's still... Same, we can close our eyes and just let that come from our heart. But when when these words aren't just things that we can say in sequence without pause, but when they're words that we can pause and ponder and then proclaim, they're words that are deeply embedded. In our hearts, how does that begin? Where, how, where does that come from? No matter our age and hopefully began when we're young, it begins with being present and participating in the sacred liturgy, hearing the gospel day after day, Sunday after Sunday. The creed isn't just a statement of what we believe. It's a prayer of entrusting ourselves to the Holy Trinity, whom we know and love because God has revealed himself to us over the centuries, most especially by the Incarnation. And so we ponder the Incarnation. Not only have we heard the Gospel in bits and pieces over the years, but hopefully we've had our own Bible. Maybe as a child, our own picture Bible. And we've read it. And we reread it. Maybe we've highlighted some parts or underlined some passages. Maybe if you're German or have OCD, maybe with a mechanical pencil you've written in the margins, which you can't read anymore without your readers. During Lent, especially, we follow carefully, step by step, our Lord's way of the cross as we. Ponder every day, hopefully, the life of our Lord in the Rosary. The easiest way to learn the life of Christ is to know the mysteries of the Rosary. Not just to know their names, but to have pondered these most important events in our Lord's life. And then when someone asks us, who is Jesus? We have an answer. There's a very popular tune in Guatemala, Jesus Verbo sustantivo. Jesus is a verb, not a noun. It's interesting. I discovered it on the way back from the Dominican Republic when a, a cab driver in Miami said, Oh, I gotta play this song for you. His sister is a missionary back in Venezuela. A very good soul, very eager, estranged from the church, but a good soul. And in my broken Spanish, I tried to explain that. I totally understand that that Jesus is not just a slogan. Jesus is not just a noun. That we can't say we belong to Jesus without really loving people. But at the same time, Jesus isn't a verb. Jesus is someone, someone who loves you, someone whom you need to get to know. And you can't get to know him without the Bible, without knowing what he said without knowing what he did. Because he wants you to be able to explain to other people who he is. Who he is for the whole world, not just who he is for you personally. Who he is for every soul. Our way, our life, our truth, our hope, our salvation, our very life. So I encourage you, as I do in every classroom, read the Gospels. We could read the Gospel of Mark before, before dinner, easily. Have an answer. Because our Lord is not simply waiting to test us or grade us but he wants to welcome us into the embrace of the everlasting love of the Holy Trinity. And for that, he became man of the Virgin Mary, was crucified, died, and was buried. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and will come again. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.